following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at calm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everyone. How you doing? It's me, Matt Slick. And you're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you haven't heard that before, all you got to do, if you want to talk to me, you want to uh, get all you got to do is, sorry, a couple of things going on. Just give me a call at 877-207-2276, and we can then talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you have questions or comments on theology, on apologetics, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, Unity, Baha'i, Islam, uh, Eastern Orthodoxy, let's see, near-death experiences, logic, a little bit of philosophy, evolution. Oh, man, we talk about all kinds of stuff. I love to teach theology and answer questions just like I did last night. I don't know how many of you heard that. It wasn't a big deal. It was on a Clubhouse and was uh, just dealing a lot with uh, some trolls and some bad people and and stuff like that. So, uh now that happens. But I thought it ended uh, interestingly, and I'm going to tell you what happened with the Roman Catholics, what was in, what was going on in the room, because it was, it was, it was interesting. And I was quoting information, talking to them about um, about the truth and, and stuff like that. Now, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. And if you want to email me, uh, you can just go to your web browser or wherever you go. And email me at info at carm.org. Info at carm.org, and then I can check out your emails and you can say, hey, for the radio, and uh, I can get your questions and comments that way if you don't want to call, don't want to be on the air. All right, so as uh, many of you know, uh, I, I do not uh, believe that Roman Catholicism is Christian. I believe it's false, and I believe that it teaches a false gospel. All right, so last night, last night it was on, uh, I do this on Wednesday nights on Clubhouse, and people just, you know, I go into a room, and then people just start asking me questions. I teach theology, uh, answer questions on all kinds of stuff, just get into, oh, whatever it is, and a wide variety of topics, and so, you know, praise God for that. All right, so what was interesting was actually, the night before, Trying to remember because uh, there's, there's so many things. I was talking in uh, um, actually it was the night before. I was in the uh, in what's called big screen, and it's on in the metaverse, that kind of thing. And so I have an Oculus uh, headset, and you go in and you can you know you've seen those videos of people falling over things. I just sit in my chair and I'd go into rooms, and I look for the opportunity to witness to share the faith, and that's what I was doing a couple nights ago. And they had about a two-hour discussion going over Eastern Orthodoxy and Roman Catholicism. And it was an interesting discussion. It was it, What was interesting is right when I was given the gospel, the, the system crashed. Right when I, I did that. Uh, well, I wonder why. So anyway, last night, uh, nothing crashed, but I uh, was discussing stuff with, uh, the, the, uh, with people. And the Roman Catholics uh, and Eastern Orthodox people were trolling and what that means for those of you who don't know, they be in a chat room, they'll just start saying things. Uh, they uh, don't want to engage, they just want to accuse. The trolls do that kind of a thing, you know, 
Matt teaches lies, and he's a liar, he's a blasphemer. And then we'll say, well, come on out to the mic, and, and uh, let's talk. And they won't, don't want to do that. Well, something interesting uh, occurred in that I asked, I asked them what the gospel was. And we had a nice discussion because, uh, you know, I, I wanted, and a lot of, I got to say this, a lot of times the people who, who are in there helping me try and help too much and they want to jump in and, and when things are a little bit silent for a couple of extra seconds they want to jump in no 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 just let, let me work with the people you know and I know what I'm doing and I want to go a certain direction it takes a little bit of time and so I was doing that and I was asking them uh, tell us what the gospel is to the Catholics and I think Eastern Orthodox were included tell me what the gospel is and they couldn't do it they could not do it they they weren't able to and so this went on for like 15 minutes towards the end of the of the time i was there about three hours three and a half hours and maybe three hours i can't remember anyway it doesn't matter and so uh it was it was enlightening so one guy check this out one guy said that uh, i was a blasphemer because i denounced god's true church you know, the Roman Catholic Church. Well, here's the thing. You speak out of the abundance of the heart. And in my opinion, the Roman Catholic Church is a house of idols. And you go in and you'll see uh, these idols everywhere. Mary, Joseph, Jesus, uh, the statues of Jesus still on the cross, you know, with Mary next to him. The magisterium, sacred tradition, the apocryphal books. But apostolic authority these are all idols of course Jesus is not an idol but uh, they have him up on the cross and usually G uh, Mary is there somewhere next to him and so what I do is I go into that house of idols and I tip them over and I'll tell you they sure get irate with me so it was in this that I said okay well don't you want us to be saved you know tell us what the gospel is and none of them would not a single one of them would tell us what the gospel was now if i were to ask the christians what's the gospel you'd get a plethora of of uh, statements and at the beginning of the show i i gave what the gospel was and i don't know if all the catholics were there whoever whatever but they sure don't like me anyway so here's what was interesting they couldn't give or refuse to give the gospel message. Now, why is that? It's because they don't know the gospel. See, what they know is their church. Their church is where you go for salvation. The church is where you go for uh, grace. The church is where you go for authority. The church is where you go for tradition. The church is where you go for interpretation of scripture. The church, the church, they're idolaters. And you see, when I asked this one guy, I said, look, because he was focusing on me a lot and was really angry. And I said, look, um, tell me what the gospel is, please. And he wouldn't. Uh, 10 or 15 minutes this went on. So I addressed the room and I said, if he were to say that the gospel is a death, burial, resurrection of Christ and justification by faith in Christ and believing and trusting what he did, then he'd be speaking against his own church. So he can't do that. And if he says anything else, like you have to obey the commandments, you got to do what the Pope says, whatever it is, then I'd have ripped it up, ripped it to shreds by going to the scriptures. So he knew it.
that either way he went and the others in the room like that either way they went they couldn't give an answer and this was telling because they could not say what the gospel was so this one guy then said that uh, I was damned uh, because I rejected true church so then what I said was I said look tell me if I'm uh, damned or not if I'm judged to hell whatever it is you want to say uh, based on what I'm going to tell you now I said I believe in the Trinity one God and three distinct simultaneous persons and the word became flesh that's Jesus he has two natures and he kept the law perfectly and just as he walked perfectly in that law he died a perfect sacrifice on the cross and he rose from the dead for three days and Jesus says in Matthew 11 28 he says come to me and I'll give you rest and in John 14 14 he says ask me anything in my name and I will do it so I said I trust in my Lord and Savior Jesus I look to Jesus and I said I don't put my faith or my trust in a church or my own sincerity or my baptism or my sacramental participation or my good works or my repentance I put it in Jesus and what he's done I look completely to him and I trust in him alone for the forgiveness of my sins and I asked Jesus to forgive me and I said so tell me Catholics am I saved or not saved am I okay or not okay they wouldn't answer the question for that either well, this is very interesting to me they refused to answer the basic questions of what the gospel was and when I appealed to the uh, dependence my dependency on Christ completely and totally and I said is that okay I was very calm the whole time I said, is that okay or my judge now still what do you think of that no response now, maybe they responded because I was doing a couple things, but I was paying attention to the text. It's possible I certainly missed something, but I didn't see anything. And I kept asking, tell me, if what I said is true and I believe what I said, then am I okay with my Lord? Or as you say, am I damned? What's your answer? And they could not answer. He, to me, this was proof that they're in a... Uh, false religion it's proof they don't want to give up their loyalty to the church they don't want to give their up their loyalty to the authority of their church the priesthood priesthood of their church the sacraments of their church by which grace is infused into you the priesthood the baptism the sacraments the magisterium the tradition the apostolic succession and authority the church the church the church it's all about their church in fact I told them that when I listen on the radio uh, to Catholic stations and I do I listen to them because I'll go someplace I want to listen to something interesting I listen to music I listen to uh, something that'll feed me you know and I, I like to listen to the Catholics sometimes or Eastern Orthodox radio or evolution or UFO radio I, I enjoy that stuff okay so I'll listen and um, so when you listen to the Catholic stuff what they say on the Catholic radio is come home to the church it's not come home to Christ trust in Christ appeal to Christ it's come home to the church and people will call up and they'll say you know I was away from the church for many years and I've come home to the church I've returned to the church well 
I said to these guys last night, I said, on the day of judgment, your church won't be there with you. Your magisterium won't be standing next to you appealing to God. Your sacramental system won't be there next to you appealing before God for the forgiveness of your sins. Mary won't be there saying, here's this person that needs to get into heaven. I said, none of them are going to help you. I said, the only advocate you have is Jesus. And if you trust in him, he will be your sole advocate before God the Father, the righteous and holy judge. I said, all that you have in your church is going to stay here. I said, when you face God, who are you going to face him with? Are you face him with Christ, whom you put all your trust in? Or are you going to face him with your magisterium, your cardinals, your bishops, your priesthood, your confessionals, your rosary, your merry prayers, your whatever? All these things that the Roman Catholic Church has put as roadblocks to the path of salvation. The Roman Catholic Church has put up so many hindrances and made it impossible to achieve salvation through its system of works righteousness. It's an evil system. It is. It's an antichrist system because it hinders people from coming to faith in Christ. And that may not sit well with a lot of Catholics. That's okay. You can call me up and you can disagree and that's fine. But I would suggest that if you're a Catholic listening or you're a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness, appeal to Jesus and Jesus alone for your salvation. But then again, your faith is only as good as who you put it in. Who is your Jesus? Do you believe in the one of the Bible? Or do you believe the one that your church says is the right one? Don't put your faith in a church. Hey folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right. Hey, well, party. welcome back to the show. Let's get on the air here with Alberto from Georgia. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, good afternoon, Matt Slick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our question is um, about the balloon that passed over the United States. You think that the Chinese will remotely download a data to the servers? while it's passing by across uh, Alaska, United States? I don't know. I don't know what their technology is. I don't know if the U.S. was uh, jamming it. I don't know if the U.S. purposely let it go through in order to feed misinformation. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not privileged with that information. I think they should have shot it down right away and show strength. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Why did they let it cause our airspace and not doing nothing about it? Well, because we have weak uh, leadership. So we have weak leadership. They're trying to destroy the country. Okay. Everything that's being done is in, in uh, if you assume, if you assume uh, the leadership is trying to destroy the country, then everything you look at makes sense. Okay. Food uh, distribution plants are, are burning up, raising the price of uh, fuel so that every other price of all things increase. Open the border so that we're being invaded. Uh, uh, promote abortion so that the population is being replaced. Uh, LGBTQ, uh, transgender this and that, getting into the kids, social 
Socialism being taught in the schools, fomenting uh, racism, division, promoting socialism. These are all the things that, um, that you would do if you wanted to destroy the country. And if you assume that's th that position and you say, hey, the whole thing makes sense, then, you, then it all comes together and you go, oh, I get it. Yeah, that, that's what's happening. That's why it's happening. Okay. Yeah, so the mainline news media doesn't cover that. Just the uh, only protect him, but they don't. But when it comes to Trump, they they, try to, they attack every right. little thing he does wrong, right? Right. So the communist wrong. goals, the go, the forty five goals of the communist party. One of them was to get a hold of the news media, and make it leftist, so that it it uh, slants the information towards socialistic ideas, and attacks uh, conservative, uh, constitutionally based stuff. Another thing uh, that, that's happening is everybody calls this, and I'm, I'm surprised Fox does, makes the same mistake, calls us a democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic, and that is uh, very significant. Mm -hmm. We're a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. And uh, they need to uh, go into, uh, you know, into the proper way of saying things. And stop using the word partner. Yeah. You know, say husband and wife, things like this. We need to fight back against the erosion of truth. And that's what we got to do. Okay. Yes. Unfortunately, right. our government, even our agents, government agencies, are all in cahoots together, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, there's probably a lot of good people out there, but uh, it's just it, it, look. It's called task theology. You have a section of scripture. Okay, what's the reason they're writing? And you can you assume something, and things make sense. So in presuppositional apologetics, you assume a certain position, and then, boy, everything makes sense. If you assume, hey, we're trying to destroy the country, and then you list all the things out, well, that's consistent with that assumption. And so if I were on the news and people were interviewing me about something, not that they would, but uh, if I were, I'd say, oh, these are all the things that are happening. I'd list out five to ten things. And say, these are consistent with the, the goal of destroying the country. This is exactly what's happening. The news media needs to address this, and these uh, the issues need to be uh, stopped. Uh, you can't have the uh, FBI um, be what it is anymore, and the IRS be what it is, and um, defunding the police, letting criminals out, and giving the criminals uh, drug paraphernalia. Uh, you can't do this kind of stuff and have a country survive. You can't uh, have multiple languages and multiple cultures in the one nation. Uh, it'll just it'll fragment. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm from Southern California, and there were certain areas you didn't go into because uh, in one area it was, uh, let's just say, the ghetto. Uh, there were certain certain areas in L.A. you didn't go in there as a white person. You're risking your life. There were certain areas where mm -hmm. the Hispanics were predominant, and you're risking your life potentially not as much, uh, but there as well because they had their own style, their own culture, their own this. And if you went in, you invaded. So if this becomes normal in the United States, where divisions occur like this, then the country can't survive. And mm -hmm. this, so there's just lots of stuff. Okay, so this Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> Well, just think about it. The Biden crime family is is in cahoots with uh, with some working forces uh, in his uh, State of the Union uh, so-called speech. There were so many uh, lies and, and false uh, facts that were presented, and uh, the uh, the people were applauding uh, a lot of this idiocy. Mm -hmm. So there's there's very less uh, very less. There's there's not much left. Uh, in my opinion, of the integrity of the people who run our country. 
they're spending us into oblivion, etc. So this is why I say these kind of things because you know even though you go to a church and oh God wants you to be healthy and wealthy, don't worry. And he'll quote verses about you need to be prosperous. So just send in five hundred dollars to our church, the Seed Faith, and God will bless you. And they're fleecing the flock, and so people are being uh, led down the pit so that they won't believe uh, the truth of the necessity of picking up the cross you know Luke 9 24 we're gonna follow after Christ pick up you're gonna lose your own life even mm -hmm. and the severity the necessity of following Christ we need to stand up uh, to the the evil that's on the rise and uh, we need to do that and the Christian church isn't doing it etc etc but yeah, uh, this is all that's going on so Christians need to be prepared for what's coming they do. That's what yeah. Jesus says. You know, yeah. you know the signs of the times. Just read them and get ready. And there's ways to get. Yeah, ready. the churches today are, are are woke and they're they're not preaching the gospel at all. Some and if they do some. cover it very 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 thinly. Yeah, nothing. Well, thinly. some there are, there are some good churches out there. There there are a lot of good churches, then there are, but there's just not enough of them. And they're not united. So one of the the uh, failures of the uh, Protestant movement is uh, so many fractured denominations, and we're not united. And so we're too busy arguing mm -hmm. against each other about Calvinism, Arminianism, yeah. Wesleyanism, the pre-trib, mm -hmm. post-trib. No, we need to look at Jesus Christ and Him crucified and march together against the evil that's out there. That's what's got to happen. So anyway, yeah, like Jesus said, a kingdom divided amongst himself what cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Matthew twelve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh-huh so all anyway right. thank you okay all right well god bless all right god bless okay all right let's get to jacob from wisconsin hey jacob welcome you're on the air jacob. i was wondering about mm -hmm. if okay. mm -hmm. would you say that it's irrational when the universal atonement people believe that jesus atoned for the sins of people he knew would go to hell. Yes, it is. It's illogical because they don't understand what atonement means. An atonement is a sacrifice uh, that is meant to appease, but it's also called a propitiation, and that's First uh, John four uh, two four and two and four ten. A propitiation is a sacrifice that actually removes away the wrath of God. It doesn't make it potential based on something you do. It's an actual removal. And once they understand this, then it's not logically possible that the wrath of God is removed from every individual because people go to hell. It's just not consistent logically to hold both those positions like that. Hold on. We'll be right back after these messages. Four open lines, folks. If you want to give me a call, 877 2072276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get on the back on here with Jacob from Wisconsin. Jacob, welcome. All right. So we had a break there, but uh, what, what I, that help you? Go ahead. Yes, what I've been thinking is that for the, to believe that only really makes sense if you also would believe open theism, because then God doesn't really know who's going to go to heaven, so he'll just atone for everyone. 
So I think he couldn't that do that either. That's not logical the either. Logical that Here's the th- to take it make Arminianism to its log- logical conclusion is open theism. Do you think that's correct? Or yeah, open he, theism with a combination of universalism. Because what they do, people think, mistakenly, they think that the work of Christ on the cross made salvation possible dependent on your goodness, on your ability to decide, your ability to believe, your ability to get baptized. It depends on you. And this is arrogance. Because Jesus is the one who forgave, who canceled the sin that at the cross, Colossians 2.14. He's the propitiatory sacrifice, uh, uh, 1 John 2.4. And it means that the sin debt is canceled at the cross. That's, that's what it means. I show this to people online all the time, and, and I'll tell you, the way they try and squirm out of these things, it's interesting. So, you know, they're just inconsistent. It doesn't mean they're not Christian. It just means they're inconsistent, that's all. Okay. Because if they're honest, wouldn't it be they would have to admit that the reason that they're saved, they're the determining factor because if God gives an equal amount of prevenient grace to everyone and they have the wisdom to accept it, they, have, they would be getting credit. Exactly. And here's a problem with the idea of prevenient grace, which I call kindergarten theology. Because prevenient grace means the grace that comes before. I mean, God gives it to people. Well, there's, there's Bob and Frank, they're identical twins. Everything in their life is identical. And then Bob believes the gospel and Frank does not. Why? Well, the prevenient grace that God gave enabled Bob to believe, but Frank chose not to. Well, what's the difference between them? Why did one believe and another one did not? Because that was a free will choice. Well, wait a minute. If they're identical, what's the difference? Why would one believe and the other one did not? They can't answer the question, but we can. We can go to Philippians one twenty nine. God grants that they believe. That's why one believes and another one does not. People don't like to hear this. They don't like to hear God-centered theology. They want to hear man-centered theology. It's up to me and my wisdom. And God won't do that because it's not fair. And then I just recommend read Romans 9. And you can see where God raises your own objections through the Apostle Paul and then answers them. This is what we need to be teaching in, in church. The authority and the supremacy of God and that he's the author of our salvation. Not us and our wisdom, not prevenient grace that enables someone to be neutral in his position so that he or she can then freely choose God. This is all humanistic philosophy that has no place in the Christian church. But it is put in there by the ignorant and by those who don't understand what the truth of God's word really says. And so the truth of the gospel and the Christian church power is watered down because of man-centered theology instead of the glorifying theology that God is the sovereign king, the author of our, our salvation. This is what happens all over the place because people, uh, they go after uh, those teachers that tickle their ears. And what's the most natural thing? I'm the one, in my wisdom, who chose God. It was up to me in my goodness. And that's how I chose. That's what humanism teaches. But that's not what Scripture teaches. Okay. And something that I see with these rabid anti-Calvinists is they just seem to have a lot of hatred, and they say mm-hmm. that they say the God of Calvinism is evil, and they mm-hmm. say that Calvinists believe a false gospel, and they just mm-hmm. say all this stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it's just I, irrational. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I get the same thing, uh, the same kind of irrational response when I talk to uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholics, when you start tipping over their idols. you got to understand that the idols uh, are all, all ultimately self-constructed and self-centered. They want to go to some idol of some sort in order to influence and gain power. And what Reformed theology does is it removes that completely and says, no, this is up to God. Now, we can certainly pray once we're Christians and, and ask and intercede for others and ask God to save. And we don't know how it all works, but we know that God's a sovereign king. And James 5.16 says, the prayers of a righteous man avail too much with God. But we need to stop with this mamby-pamby theology that's being promoted all over the United States. The mamby-pamby theology is simply that uh, God loves everyone. He's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, blue Caucasian surfer, Jesus, stands at the door of your heart asking for you to let him in because he can't do anything unless you decide. And this foolishness is being taught in too many churches, and it needs to be rebuked. It needs to be buried out of the trash heap where it belongs. And uh, if people would stop believing these uh, these half-truths, and stop believing in the man-centered theology that is so prevalent out there, maybe then they might bow the knee to the true and living God in the truth of who he is in his sovereignty and realize that prayer needs to be offered to him constantly to ask him to send us where he wishes us to go. And then you won't be saying things like, hey, you know what? I need to be healthy and wealthy. I need to pray and get something from God because it's about me. It's about how God loves me and what God can do for me. And this is a difference between good theology and bad theology. Good theology is focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done. Bad theology focuses on what can I get from God? Yeah. Okay. It seems that their theology is an emotional-based theology. Yeah. Because they just don't, they have an emotional problem with the idea of God choosing some people and God having freedom to save who he wills. That's correct. You are exactly correct. And when people raise that objection, I say, well, Second Thessalonians 2.13 says God chose you for salvation from the beginning. Or I go to Acts 13.48, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Or First Peter 1.3, that you have been caused to be born again. Or John 6.44, you cannot come to me, says Jesus. You cannot come to me unless the Father draws you. Or he also says in John 6.65, you cannot come to me unless it's granted to you from the Father. These are the verses that show who is in control and who's a sovereign king. Now we need to submit to that knowledge and that truth and get back on our knees and say, Lord, you're the king, not me. And you get rid of all these idols of self-service and the idea of God just loves everyone equally because he's just that way. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian surfer Jesus dressed in a woman's nightgown, standing at the door of your heart asking, uh, for permission to let him in to save you because it's up to you and your wisdom. This is foolishness. It's not scripture. I've been studying the scriptures for decades and you know, I'll debate anybody publicly on this. Formal debate, televised, radio, let's do it. But this is what the scriptures teach and I'll go to the scriptures. I won't get angry. I'll just tell you, it's what it says. And if you want to say it's all up to you and your wisdom, I'm going to say then if that's the case, then why does it say you can't come to him unless the greater to you from the Father? John six sixty five. If it's up to you and your wisdom, why does Jesus say that? Well, we don't like that guy. He chooses who he wants. Well, then take Romans 9 out of your Bible. Take Acts 13.48 out of your Bible. Second Thessalonians 2.13. Or John 1.13, you're born again, not of your own will. You take it all out of your Bible. Because they want man-centered theology, and this is the problem. 
People need to understand who's the sovereign king, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Not ourselves. We need to get off the throne. There's only one person on the throne, the Lord Jesus. And he's the sovereign king. And once we are submitted to his will and his truth, we can beseech, we can pray, we can ask, we can implore, Lord, save more. Change me that I might be an instrument in your hand to witness to more, to speak to more, to raise children for you, to be a good witness at church, and teach me to have the strength and the confidence to face the consequences of my proclamation of truth and standing on your word. And no matter how difficult it gets, that I would still trust in you. Because that wouldn't work if God's here to make you healthy and wealthy. And then all of a sudden you lose your health because you're standing on the truth of the gospel. Then what do you do? Well, I must not be right. I've got to get more health and wealth prosperity gospel. I have to get more man-centered theology and, um, and stuff. Here's something for the Armenians who are listening and don't like what I say. Let me ask you a question. Do you pray and ask God to change someone's heart? Because if it's up to their free will, why would you ask God to do that? Okay? If you ask God to change someone's heart, you're asking God for his sovereign intervention into the heart and the mind and the will of someone to save them. You're praying like a, like a Calvinist. You're praying like a Reformed person. Lord, please, work on that person save them. Because they're not capable of themselves to believe. Because they're bound by sin. Romans 6, 4 through, or 6 through 14. They're slaves of sin there. They can't seek for God. They don't do any good. Romans 3, 10, 11, 12. They cannot receive spiritual things. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. So this is what needs to happen. There needs to be revival in the Christian church, but it won't happen as long as man-centered theology is, is um, leading the way, like it is in, in America. In uh, Assemblies of God churches, in um, Nazarene churches, in so many non-denominational churches, in so many areas that's unfortunate, in Catholicism, in Eastern Orthodoxy. Hey, man, you let me talk a lot. I'll put you on hold, and we'll get back to you after the break, okay? Yeah. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, before we get back to the callers, I want to let you know that we're moving, uh, focusing more and more on Rumble. Uh, Rumble's like a YouTube replacement, rumble.com. Please go check it out and uh, sign up there if you want. I don't think you have to get in, just like YouTube. But because uh, the left is becoming more and more restrictive, we are moving that way. We ha only have 134 uh, followers on, on Rumble. It does take a while in order to get those those followers, and that's okay. But please consider doing that because there may come a time where we just don't even use YouTube anymore and then we're going to go over to Rumble. Speaking of which, you can do something called rants. Uh, a rant is where you give it like a little bit of cash donation. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because Kit did that. Hey, Kit, thanks for the, for the support. We certainly appreciate it. All right, let's get back on the air with Jacob. Jacob, welcome. You're back. I uh, was wondering... I have mm -hmm. an argument that I have used a few times against these anti-reformed people, and I okay. say if God has a desire to save everyone without exception, then does that mean, that would mean that 
Jesus had a desire to save Judas, which would mean that if that was the if if Jesus did save Judas, that would mean that the prophecies regarding the betrayal would be invalidated. So then that would mean that Jesus had a desire to make God a false prophet. Do you think that's a good argument? No. No, I don't. Because God can desire one thing and arrange something else. I've written an article on this. And uh, so we've got to be careful how we use desire. Because God, will, for example, in Acts 17.30, he commands everyone everywhere to repent. But he does not grant repentance to everybody. Now, why is that? There's a theologically deep reason for that. We can get into that. You're on the right track, though. I, I get what you're saying. But you got to understand what the issue is of, of how, how can God desire one thing and arrange another. Okay, and I could show you what an article is that discusses this if you're interested. Okay, but would you say that it that God ultimately only has one will? Well, uh, it ultimately, yeah, there's the perfect will of God, but it's revealed in uh, what we would call prescriptive will, permissive will, uh, decretive, and things like that. But yeah, in that sense, it depends on what we mean by ultimate. But yeah, okay. All right. Decretive will, that's the only true will that he has. We just see it in multiple ways. Depending on how we, we define decretive, but you're on the right track. And so prescriptive will is he's, he wants us to not lie, and permissive will is he permits us to lie. So ultimately, all those are under his sovereign decrees. But, uh, you know, we differentiate in order to more accurately discuss theological issues. But, okay, buddy, we got some callers waiting, so we got to get going. All right, man? You keep up the good work. You keep up okay. the good thinking. All right? You keep it up. All right, man? Okay. Thank you. Okay. God bless. All right, let's get on the air with John from North Carolina. John, you're on the air. Hello, Matt. Hey. Hi. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking such a strong stand on truth. Uh, as it refers to our country and our faith. Uh, you know, the whole, we are a constitutional republic and that sort of a thing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's important uh, for people to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you, you inspired me too with the Catholics not even discussing salvation. I That was, in, that was enlightening. Um, question I have for you, I had a thought today, uh, the, the dual nature of Christ. Um, Daniel 9, when Jesus is in heaven, I, I have discussions, let's say, with cult members that are in my family uh, with the way international that Jesus Christ is not God. Whoa. Wait, hold and on, hold on. You actually, Jesus, you, wait, wait, wait a second. You actually have someone in the way yeah. international? Really? Yeah, isn't that something? I know they're dying off, but... <laughs> wow, there's so few of them left. Victor Paul Weirwell. He right, is, you wrote a book, Jesus is Not is, God. Wow. He is so adamant, and it's hard to get through with. He's so stubborn in his beliefs, and he calls us, obviously, Trinitarians, and we're wrong. So, yeah. yeah. One of the things that this gentleman wow. says, and he's my father-in-law, is that Jesus was always called the Son of God. So he's the son of God. He's not God. He wasn't preeminent. He was born from Mary, 
the virgin and that's when he began he wasn't okay. before then so i come back with yes but he always referred to himself as the son of man and that's obviously because of daniel 9 doesn't really know what to do with that you know right but my question is the dual nature of christ what was he precarnate before he was man what was the dual nature of christ because i, I understand whoa, 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 Christophanes, wait, wait, you, you know you, maybe you, melchizedek and that sort of no, a no, thing. no 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 hold on hold on uh I'm going to okay. give you some advice that um, when yeah. someone says, you know, what he's doing, it says, you know, he's not God, he's not this, he's not that, you can argue with them, but they're well-trained in that cult, the way international. So what I would suggest oh, you do, yeah. go, okay, from that position then, is it not true that Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest? Matthew eleven twenty eight. yes. He says, ask him anything in my name and I will do it, John fourteen fourteen. yes. Does he forgive sins? Yes, because he has all authority. Well, do you do that? Do you go to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins? See, what you've yes, done... he does. He does? Yeah, well, he Wait, would say he, he does, yes. Have you asked him specifically if he does that? I, I don't remember. Okay. You need to ask him specifically, because if Jesus is not God, they can't pray to him. And so they'd be praying just like they did in the Bible. So try that approach and just see what he says, okay? All right? All right, now... All right. The Trinity is one God in three distinct simultaneous persons. Jesus did not come into existence until 2,000 years ago in the inception, conception. Because Jesus, by definition, is, is one person with two natures. The union of the two natures did not occur until 2,000 years ago. Prior to that, the second person of the Trinity, the Word, was just always God. Oh, excuse me, God. Whoa, sorry about that. And so the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's all. And so Jesus uh, became what he was at the uh, conception, in the union of the divine and human natures. That's all. That's interesting. We were created in the image of God, and if he appeared as a Christophany in the Old Testament, he appeared as a person. So did he appear as a person? It stated that the right hand hold of, on. of God hold, the hold Father on. in Daniel 9... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You said appeared as a person. Yeah. Now you, you've, you have to define what you mean by person. Person has well, a significant. Hold on, let me explain why. It has a significant yeah. meaning in the context of the Trinity. So just, just so long as you're aware of that. But but whenever God appears, and you can you can uh, go to for example Exodus six two and three, where God appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, and you can show that to him. All right. So whenever and you're right, it's a Christophany. So what I would do is also is ask him, what does Exodus 6, 2, and 3 mean? You know, God spoke further to Moses. Now it says God spoke further to Moses, not an angel. But God spoke and said, I am Yahweh. So who is that? And he'll say, well, it's God. Yahweh. Okay, good. And he appeared uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, right? That's what it says. Okay, good. Then you go to John four, uh, John uh, 6, 640. Oh, man, I've quoted it 800 times. John six forty six, whoo! I mean, you know, you quote something so many times, you forget what it is. Where Jesus says that no one's ever seen the Father. So then you have to ask the question: yes. Who was they seeing in the Old Testament? Who's God Almighty, but not God the Father? That'll sink his boat. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Oh yeah, it's really it's quick and slick. Exodus six two and three. Just don't say anything. Just say, is it the case that God appeared? Yes. It wasn't the Father, John six forty six. So who's God Almighty who's not the Father? 
Yeah, that would confound him. I agree. Okay. Okay. So when you said person, so how did though, he appear? How did he appear? The did he appear? There was no bodily form of the word in heaven. But who was it that sat next to in Daniel nine with the Ancient of Days? There's a difference between a manifestation. He appeared as a son of man. There's a difference between a manifestation and an incarnation. Okay, so right. an incarnation is permanent. A manifestation is just taking the form of a man. Doesn't mean he was a man. Just the appearance of, just as angels can do. It's interesting, though, that he always referred to himself as the Son of Man, and it's and he's referred to as the Son of Man in Daniel as well. Yes, that's true. And he and says, also, says next to the Ancient of Days. So the word sat next to him. I mean, was it a, mm -hmm. wasn't any sort of a bodily form at all? You have to read the context to see because if it's a vision, then you, you don't yeah. want to argue with anything has to do with vision stuff. Okay, so. Uh, uh, but you can also ask him this question, and this sometimes it stumps, stumps them. Say, well, so does the term son of God mean he's not God? And they'll say, yes. Then what does the term son of man mean? That he's not man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the angle I was going from. Yep. Yeah, just ask him that simple question. Also, you got to remember John not, uh, John 5.18. John 5.18, Jesus was breaking the Sabbath. This is what the Jews thought the Sabbath was. Not only that, but he's calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. That's right. Yeah, John, yeah. they would obviously just come back and say, son of man means that he's fully human. You know, he's... he's say, fine, he's fully human. We, we agree, he's fully human. No problem with that. And yet he said <laughs> that uh, he'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. How's a, just a, a man do that? How's a man going to be with everybody right. everywhere? Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, and nineteen. How is it? John fourteen, twenty-three says, "The Father and I will come and make our abode with you." How can a mere man live in multiple people at the same time? Can you answer those questions? Okay. Very good. All right. Thank you for spending so much time. I know you got other callers. Have a blessed okay, day, brother. brother. I appreciate you. you. Right, bye -bye. Hey. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's get to Anne from Charlotte, North Carolina. Anne, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, in, in regards to the uh, third conversation prior previous, um, about you're how the son to reject the idea. Reject the idea of okay. what? No, you're breaking up a lot, but let's see if we can get through you. I'm sorry? I have a sentence not currently oh, you, you know what, Anne, I'm sorry, but the connection's so bad. It's just so bad I can't hear you, I can't understand you. You want to call okay. back to, you, right, you want to call you. back, uh, sorry, call back tomorrow, okay, because we're almost out of time. But call back tomorrow, I want to hear what you have to say, all right? Sorry about that, just bad connection. Let's get to our last caller, Suzanne from Alabama. Suzanne, welcome, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to, um, well, now I'm echo. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, uh, I am not a Calvinist that okay. I can tell anyway. Uh, I am probably a semi-Pelagian person. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. um, work on that. except for ninety percent of my books are Calvinistic. <laughs> okay, all right. And I have a huge library, and I have been studying and studying and studying. Okay. Well, uh, we I only have about thirty seconds. You know, we only have about thirty seconds of the show. Could you? Uh, 
you have a question? Oh, okay. Sorry. All I wanted to know is that the woman that you talked to about um, um, Armenianism, uh, you had said that you had asked her if she wanted the name of an article, and I didn't. Okay, it's hear another you website. Say the name of the, the website. Article. The website. My other website. Another one is CalvinistCorner.com. CalvinistCorner.com. One word. You can check it out there. The articles are there. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. We are out of time. And the Lord bless you. And if you don't believe Calvinism, that's okay. All right. But believe in the truth of what Scripture teaches. Hey, we'll be right back. Well, maybe tomorrow. God bless everybody. Have a good evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.